0: is Osai and this is my podcast where I take on themes exploring culture, society, and the experiences of Nigerians in diaspora. On this episode, Jackie of the Chill Space podcast joins us. We speak about her podcast, the subjects she explores on it, and why exactly she decided to do one in the first place. I feel like she captures conversations focused on reflection and self development. For example, we touch on what she learned about imposter syndrome, trauma, and fatherhood. These are just a few episodes she's already dropped. Then we discuss how she decided on topics worth discussing, which leads to an interesting conversation about advocates. All in all, it's a chill conversation. Sorry, I just I just couldn't help myself. Anyway, true to form, she tries to push me out of my comfort zone, which I didn't particularly love, but kind of appreciated when we got to the end. I think you guys will too. Let me know. Enjoy the show.
1: I keep
2: it happy and I do what make me happy And nobody can deny me that I'm blessed I might be rough around the edges, maybe, yes I keep it happy and I do what make me happy And nobody can deny me that I'm blessed preservation self-elevation these kind of these they deserve celebration no hesitation no reservation go for the big leagues no relegation let's celebrate life kick back
1: and take five and give thanks to the source that create life to see a sunset or see a sunrise and see my sunburn with
0: these same eyes to see my sun smile bright and every Jackie, He's growing... thank you for joining me today how are you doing
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Uh, Saturday morning. It's my favorite time to record. So,
0: (laughs) I'm happy I got you at a a good time then. Really, really appreciate you joining joining in. Um, For those who don't know, you run the Chill Space podcast.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: You're based out of Montreal Mm -hmm. and you dive into some really interesting topics. So I want to explore how you get into those topics and um some of those topics themselves <laughs> you right. know kind of draw what you've learned or if you got any new perspectives after kind of attacking them okay. and then um we'll see where the conversation goes
1: okay sounds like fun uh, I'm really happy to be here first of all I've Thank been looking you. forward to actually coming on your podcast so this is a bit exciting for me
0: <laughs> me too me too I've been trying to i try, trying to lock you down but I wanted to make it interesting and then I felt like I was overthinking so I was just like you know what let's just uh let's have Jackie on she's been just inter- exploring some interesting topics you know let's just jump into that and then build from there so I'm hoping to have you on in the future if you if you will have me
1: oh of course for sure you're fun to talk to <laughs> <laughs> amazing
0: amazing what, what podcast I doesn't love to hear that <laughs> so so I want to just get into how you started the chill space podcast um okay. um it's always interesting hearing people do podcasts and a lot of people are doing podcasts, um, these days, but we've talked a little bit, so I have an idea of where you were at, but you know, for the audience who might not have heard your work or listened to your podcast, uh, you know, I'm curious what got you to the place where you felt like, okay, I want to, I want to explore a podcast.
1: Um, I mean, I think, I think there are like multiple reasons, but the biggest ones I would say was, first of all, um, I, I feel like I, my identity was tied to work. to begin with Mm. um you know how you just like graduate from university and then it's like okay school life is done and now it's work life and you kind of just start that and then you get stuck in that in a sense and then you find that your life becomes this routine of like okay i wake up in the morning i go to work i do work till like the evening and then i do random stuff and then back to work the next day and i think it was starting to it was starting to kind of frustrate me because Um, I'm a very creative, hands-on kind of person. And I found that the job I did uh, didn't allow for that. I work in compliance as a 9-to-5. And I enjoy it. It's something that I like to do. Um, But I also knew that there was parts of me that I wasn't really tapping into. And I also wanted to feel like I had some form of an identity outside of the work that I do. So that was one of the the main things. Um, But I didn't even know at the time that, okay, a podcast was what it was going to be, right? I was trying to explore... Different things I enjoyed to do. I've actually started a business before uh, baking because as I, I bake cakes, right? And so oh, I've explored cool. that, and that was fun. And then it was really time intensive, and it got to the point where I was no longer enjoying it. And I was like, okay, cool. So maybe this is not what I want to do on the side or have on the side. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I like to have conversations with people. Um, I've, I've had a radio show in the past when I was a kid and that was kind of fun. So I was like, Hmm, maybe I could look into this like podcasting thing, see if I enjoy it. Um, and kind of go from there. Uh, the other thing for me was actually when Kobe Bryant died, <laughs> um, okay. I just remember cause I'm not even a big basketball fan. Right. So I don't really watch it per se. I follow it. Um, And I remember when he died, I knew I had heard of him. I knew who he was, but it was just crazy to me the amount of like positive things that people had to say about him, right? So he lived his life well, basically. And with seeing that, I was just kind of thinking if I died tomorrow, it sounds a bit morbid, but like, (laughs) like, if I died tomorrow, what's anybody gonna remember me for? Like, what are people gonna have to say about me? And I'm like, okay, people who are closest to me will probably have something to say. But a lot of people who like either don't know about me or have heard about me might not know much about me. And I thought it would be nice to live, like leave back some form of like a footprint in a sense Mm. where the people who care about you can always hear your voice somewhere. And it's a strange reason to start a podcast, I think, (laughs) but I think about it in that sense sometimes. And I'm like, it's just nice to know that you're leaving a footprint somewhere and you don't necessarily ever feel completely erased it might be it might be a selfish thing or an ego thing but i don't know that's kind of what got me into it
0: that that's super interesting right because you know I, I i i get that if you think about it you know when we all leave here or if we were to leave here or not on that morbid note like i feel like it's typically instagram little videos here and there uh mm-hmm. but i don't think anything will quite capture it like having some sort of Audio version of that, right? right. It's almost like in another way. If someone close to you passes away and they left you a voice note, then like a lot of people hold on to that and they exactly. they play that and just to hear that voice and get that feeling. And you know, it's it's such a it's interesting. It's interesting that mm-hmm. that, that that's that's kind of what got you there. But um, I, I think it's it's great. I'm I'm happy that you decided to pursue this thing and um. What was the biggest challenge starting then? Like when you, you know, I know you talked about imposter syndrome yeah. in the first episode. So, uh-huh. you know, maybe you can get into a little bit about that. But, you know, how do you, uh, like, what was your biggest challenge?
1: Imposter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely my, my biggest challenge because I'm a bit of a perfectionist in general um, for multiple reasons. But I, I, I struggle with starting something new um because I feel like it's a space that I don't really know right Mm -hmm. and I like to do things and automatically be great at it which doesn't make sense there's not many things that we do and we're just great at but the things that I know how to do I know how to do them really well so I was like okay I I want to do this podcasting thing but what if I suck what if nobody cares what if nobody (laughs) listens and I think for the longest time that's kind of what delayed me from actually just doing it because I, I had the idea like I think I talked about it maybe even a year before I actually started the podcast. I had mentioned to a few people that it was something that I wanted to explore. Um, but imposter syndrome was uh, definitely the biggest thing that, that kind of held me back.
0: It's so funny because I can I can definitely relate to that. Like, I, I was thinking about doing it for a while, like probably like 2015. Yeah, <laughs> that's a while. It. Yeah, it was a <laughs> while, man. And for me, it was, it's, it was the same thing where it's just like, You know, even like, you know, I actually want to get into this a little bit, but like even the fact that you had a radio show when you were younger, to me, just like, I would love that. Like, (laughs) that absolves any imposter syndrome I have. But for me, I wasn't really active on social media or on the social spaces. I know Mm -hmm. I was having these conversations with people I know, people I would meet in different kind of settings. Like, so I knew I liked to kind of be in that little pocket, but I never really thought that, you know, if I did it, anybody would give a shit so yeah. <laughs> so you know when, when i started doing it like before i actually started putting stuff out i had like three iterations of what I, would be a podcast you know those mm-hmm. <laughs> one of them I'll, I'll say i'll say the name like, whatever i'll say the name all right so one of them was like it was like like what are you saying <laughs> like, the podcast okay. is gonna be called what are you saying and you know uh it was just basically exploring different kinds of topics it's slightly different format you know more banter style so yeah. uh I actually just kind of kept doing that so at some point it was it went from okay who are you to start a podcast to okay you know what I really just want to do this so Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do this in like you know and nobody has to hear it but I just want to go through the practice of doing it so Mm -hmm. that's kind of started working to different iterations there were like three other iterations before um I ended up doing this with my previous co-host so Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, you know, I I totally understand that idea of the imposter syndrome because, you know, don't you also feel weird? Because, like, does it affect how you pick your topics? Because for me, I try to be careful not to sound like I know everything because I definitely don't. And (laughs) (laughs) we're all figuring We're all figuring this thing out together, right?
1: Right. So it definitely does affect how I pick my topics. Um, But it's basically what you said. That's what I tell myself over and over, that we're just just all learning, right? And I typically say that at the beginning of topics where I feel like I might not be the most informed person to speak on it. I always just say that this is just our opinion, right? Like our experiences, our opinion, and we'll say it from our view. And I'm always happy to hear what other people think. Or if I say something that's even wrong, I'm more than happy to like, talk about it later and correct myself you know right Um, or be
0: corrected on air
1: exactly i'm actually okay with that too exactly and i think that if we worry so much about what it is that we can talk about we probably won't talk about much because how much do we really know you know exactly
0: that that's the question i constantly like end up with it's like how much do you really know and like why should you have to be some sort of a, you know, psychologist or therapist exactly. to, to address certain issues that already need to be talked about? Matter of fact, I would argue that the reason <laughs> why people end up on that chair is because they don't get a chance to talk, to about, talk it about it at any point in time. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh it's it's one of the reasons why like, you know, it, it, it deeply affects how I approach this work. And mm-hmm. I think I pick up on that with some of the things that you talk about too. So that's the reason why why I'm asking. Um okay. I'm I'm curious now. This is just a, a random thing there. I'm, just, um, <laughs> I'm tossing. like This is going to be coming from everywhere. All right, um, sounds good. <laughs> how do you get into radio as as uh, as a as a kid? Like when? How did that happen?
1: Huh? Okay. So when we were when we moved back. So I I, I used to live in Switzerland. Um, basically, a bit about my background, I was born in Poland, we moved to Nigeria for a few years, we moved to Switzerland for about six years, and then I think when I moved back to uh, Nigeria, I was about 10 years old, um, and my mom had a lot of friends in the radio space. Uh, oh. And then, yeah, and then one of them just positioned it, like, they met us and they were just like, would you guys like to have, a, like, host a, a kid's show on radio? And at the time, I was just like, I mean, okay. You know, when you're young, you don't really have many fears or anything. There's not much that holds you back. And my mom was just championing it. She really wanted us to do it. She really really wanted us to get that kind of exposure and, like, see whether or not it's something that we liked. And so we just kind of were, like, on board. There wasn't much of a a struggle there. And it was was a request show. So basically, uh, kids would write in requests that they wanted, like, people they wanted to say hi to. Um, and request songs that they wanted us to play as well so that was kind of what it was and it was me and my two siblings uh so all three of us would just go there every week um it was called capital kids actually uh on capital fm in abuja and yeah we did that for maybe three to four years and even in doing that we got a lot of other gigs, gigs like we were in a few ads uh in nigeria um, and we hosted a few other shows. So we were a part of other shows that weren't just that, like, request-style shows. Um, so, yeah, it was something that I think we just kind of got thrown into, to be very honest. but That's really cool, man. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's
0: so cool. Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I didn't know kids were having this experience in Nigeria. <laughs> that's awesome. It really yeah. is. Um. So so do you, would you say you caught a bug there, or was it just a thing you you did, and then you kind of just left it and kind of moved on with your life how did you
1: I think I might have caught a a bug then but I don't even think I knew you know like I think it felt like something that I did and like you said just moved on with my life because um yeah when you're when you're a teenager you don't want to do a lot of stuff that you were doing as kids anymore so we kind of were the ones that asked not to do it anymore Mm. and we just wanted to do like normal teenager stuff to us quote-unquote normal (laughs)
2: right
1: and our friends weren't on radio so like it just felt kind of weird at a point so we ditched that yeah it felt like we were working exactly so we we just ditched that and we just kind of moved on with our lives but then as I got older and I was trying to think of the spaces that I wanted to explore it was one that came to me very quickly because it was something that I had done before Mm-hmm. Um, and I had actually explored, like I had thought about the idea of maybe doing YouTube, but I know I'm not a video person, so I was like, "Yeah, that's not happening." Um, and I was just like, "Well, podcast. Uh, it's the same thing as radio, just that you're not live on air like right away." Right. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely did. I, I think I, I do think that it it, it was kind of in my head from being a kid, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it just it sounds like a perfect fit. Like I really, <laughs> I really appreciate your approach to it and yeah. you feel very natural you know so thank you um yeah so so it, it definitely makes sense i'm just like fuck like she had the cheat code man she was doing this <laughs> did this for four years <laughs> you know so um but but that's awesome Um, so I want to get into some of the topics that you explore in your podcast, right? right. Like I feel like unofficially, officially, I don't know how you think about it, but I feel like you, you create, you know, it's the chill space podcast, which you right. know, um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's, you know, you you get a drink of wine or any uh, beverage right. that's, that you feel very comfortable consuming <laughs> during, during the episode and you listen or you join her and have a conversation. And it's typically with, you know, chill, cool people, people who are kind of, have experiences that you're able able to get them to share right Right. so I feel like the chill space creates a very safe space for your guests and probably the audience as well and one of the things that you've been exploring recently was um, trauma or healing right Mm -hmm. which I like I like you know when I realized what you're doing I was like oh this is great you know like you're addressing something tough but you're framing it this way because that's really what is key right so exactly. can you talk a little bit about how so you know, for those who don't know before i get into that um on the chill space podcast jackie's had mm-hmm. uh recently anyway a bunch a series of conversations i was on one where she talks about essentially man and emotions and like some of the things that we kind of explore and I'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit later yeah. but more recently you've explored, explored something um with regard to trauma and healing and it was a three-part series where she touches on intergenerational trauma. I mean, trauma from, you know, relationships and I'm blanking on the last one right
1: The now. loss, like just um, loss and yeah, grief. grieving, yeah. grieving. Yeah. Yes, yes.
0: So, so those are the three, like, which were, I think were an interesting way to approach it. So can you right. just talk a little bit about what you were going for exploring that and maybe some of the new perspectives you might have left with after?
1: Right. Um, so with healing, Uh, I I think what really interested me in it is that it's not something that I feel like is discussed a lot. And it's also not something that we're ever really taught how to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And whenever I, at least for me, whenever I would think of healing, the first thing that would come up like into my head was like a breakup, right? And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the only context that people would often talk about healing. Um, But there were so many other facets to it you know so to me I just thought it was interesting that when we talk about healing it's very specific the things that first come into our minds and I'm sure people are having the conversations but I know that it's not something that I personally like heard very often so I wanted to see if it was possible like and that's another thing with my series I'm kind of winging whatever the topic would be like weekly as I go I kind of decide on the next topic for that series Mm. um and I just wanted to see whether or not it was something that I could explore with people and see how willing they were to open up too because it's kind of a deep uh, topic to to discuss. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just basically explore it, right? And that was kind of how intergenerational trauma was the first thing that came to my mind because one thing that I've learned that I actually like to do, and I learned this through the podcast, is not only just like having conversations that are chill and like hearing people's opinions and their experiences, but I also like to get to the bottom of like, the experience that they're having, like they're having, and why those opinions exist, right? Um, because I feel like there's something that shapes our opinion, right? And at the end of the day, it's typically something uh, to do with culture or socialization. Mm-hmm. And I thought intergenerational trauma would fit perfectly there because a lot of the things that we are today is from things that we experienced growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all we often think about it, but we don't think about the traumatic things that we might have picked up uh, subconsciously. Right. Um, and that was what kind of like led me in the direction of that episode. Um, in terms of grief, it was also, it was similar. Like, again, I feel like grief specifically is not something that people like to discuss, uh, myself included. I never really know what to do when somebody loses somebody. I don't know how to approach it. Um, I don't know what to say. And it's because I feel like people are all just very different. So there's no like one size fit all thing that, that will make it better for people. And I've also personally, knock on wood, I've never experienced like a major loss of somebody close to me, right? Um, and so I think that also plays into my inability to understand how to like navigate it for people. Um, and I just wanted to to have that discussion too and just see... From the experience of a person who has experienced loss what that was like for them and just how they would have liked to be treated in a sense um and how that has also shaped who they are today and of course i couldn't end doing a series on healing without talking about uh relationships right, right. and the trauma that we uh get or we carry from the relationships that we've been in or from our childhood even and things that You're we right. saw in our own families and we now take into our relationships. And that one I'd say was probably my favorite because it was the one that I could relate to directly the most. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was kind of like the idea behind doing a series on healing, just being able to explore deeper conversations about what it means to heal and what we can, like the different things that we would need healing from. Right. Right
0: yeah yeah i mean what did you leave with you know like were there any new perspectives after kind of going through the series
1: um yes definitely i'd say that uh something i left with that was probably one of the biggest things for me was was the episode on grief because i had a lot of i think preconceived ideas of what it would feel like and how time could heal it and how just like just you know ideas that you have when you don't really have the answers Mm-hmm. And just learning from somebody who had been through it, um, that it, it's always there. It's something that you'll always carry with you. It doesn't go anywhere. Um, you just learn to live with it and understand it better and more so just managing the grief that you have.
2: Right.
1: Um, it was definitely a scary discovery because I, was <clears throat> I just love to think that at some point you'll just be okay, right. um, but understanding that you're never really okay, right? And you're just going to have to figure out living and existing with that. Um, I'd say that was probably one of my biggest takeaways. Um, And even with the intergenerational trauma one, I talked to uh, a friend of mine, Dani, and she's a mother. And she was kind of explaining to me how you might think you will do certain things a specific way when it comes to raising your child in ways that... Um, your parents didn't do for you or ways that you wish that they were there for you. Right. But before you know it, you're repeating the same cycles of the things that they did. And it's not that it's something that I didn't know, um, but just hearing it from a mom and saying that when you're doing those things, you don't even see it. You don't know that you're doing it until the right. child points it out to you. Mm-hmm. was a bit, it was a bit scary, but it was a good, it was a good takeaway to remain conscious of. Right. And she has conversations with her, with her son on a very regular basis, where she asks him, "Am I? Am I doing okay? Am I doing well for you?" Um, and yeah, I thought it's that a be con- really interesting, when, exactly. When she said that. Yeah, me too. Because it's not a concept that I would have thought of otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like asking a kid, "How are you?" and "How am I treating you? Am I treating you the way that you would like?" Um, I thought that was that was a really nice uh, right. take. Kind of, too. it
0: kind of brings. Yeah, I thought that was really good because it, you know. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to ask my (laughs) my kid exactly (laughs) how I'm making them. I mean, I think I will, right? I think for me, it's just having that healthy conversation that felt very out of reach for at least for me as a child, right? Like, I felt like, you know, the way I grew up and the way a lot of Nigerians, you know, grow up, you don't, you're not supposed to have that level of access to your parents. You know, it's kind of like a top-down hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have that healthy exchange, when, you know, the way she said, I was just like, yeah, this is this is actually new and interesting because, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm growing the sense of belief that, you know, if you give children more involvement or kind of treat not necessarily treat them as adults, but like, like just with a certain level of trust and confidence that they will assume that position and, mm-hmm. um, you know, be able to take more ownership of of certain things or at least of their life and i feel like a lot of times when you don't do that when the kid never has to take ownership and you know you kind of just you don't get them involved even if it's either you're cuddling them or you're Mm -hmm. kind of like ordering them right and i feel like there's a healthy in between and exchange so when she said that i felt like that captured it perfectly Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even with um, you know, you're talking about the grief thing. I thought it was really interesting everything that she said. Like you were pointing out, one thing that jumped out to me too was when she said, like, you know, she wished that she had opened up a little bit. Like, and obviously she explained in detail why that was difficult. And anybody who has had to grieve, I'm sure, will understand that. But you know, uh, when she said, you know, she wished she had more time, or she had gone in, you know, opened. Yeah. herself up to it a little bit earlier that would be the only thing you know right. because then she you know like you said she understands that it's just something that you manage and mm-hmm. should have just had it more of a head start managing that you know it's right. like you yeah, with grief it's weird right you kind of you know um I lost some family uh you know I lost my grandparents last year both well, Oh sorry to two hear. of two, yeah yeah to my grandparents I'm like um I felt like I wasn't sure how to deal with it. Like I felt like during that period, I I was more, maybe maybe not anxious, but like a little bit more intense mm-hmm. <laughs> for, like, for lack of a better word. And I think I might already be an intense enough person. Um, so, <laughs> so going through that, I kind of started recognizing that like I wasn't ad- addressing it and because I wasn't fully taking the time to address it, it was kind of like popping up in other ways. So right. when they, they sent me this grief, you know, counseling book and everything, and like, and basically there was no answer. <laughs> I just said, yeah. like, you have to, like, just go through it, right? I think it's engaging with the uncomfortable feelings, engaging mm-hmm. with that loss and engaging. So it's so funny that, that ultimately, like, that's what my big takeaway was because yeah. I was asking myself as well, like, how do you grieve? How does that work? And mm-hmm. how how do, how do all of these things kind of, how do you make sense of it, you know? So uh, just kind of engaging that feeling is yeah it kind of left me you know left me feeling like okay at least I I have some sort of a strategy right there's no real answer and you don't want to have to go through it but I have some sort of a strategy
1: no that definitely makes sense that was an interesting point actually because like you said how do you do it and it's different for everyone right so you might feel like you're not doing it the right way but learning that there's no right way almost is a relief because it does mean that you are doing it the right way
0: (laughs) exactly just engaging with that emotion whatever it is is the right way you
1: know exactly
0: One of the other things that, like uh, you talked about, like you know, in your in your podcast, is kind of like emotions, men, communication, and mm-hmm. um, I was on one of those episodes. And yes, you are. I'm, and I'm curious, <laughs> did you have a new perspective? You know, I think one of the episodes were men and emotions, which was I was on. There was a fatherhood with Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I am blanking out on on the third one. This is zero for two. Commitment, maybe that's maybe that's why I forgot. <laughs> no, no, um, and, and commitment, which is which is a big one. So yeah. I am curious, what were your takeaways like after kind of having all those three uh, conversations?
1: Um, I'd say okay for the one with with fatherhood, it was probably the most the one that I feel like I learned the most, um, probably because it's not a stage of life that. I've gotten to uh, to say like we have kids or anything like that um, but it was nice to hear from a, a, a guy's perspective what they're going through while we're going through all of the feels and all of the emotions right because I feel like our experiences are completely different when it comes to pregnancy when it comes to childbirth right. and I don't think very often that men actually express what it is that they feel um, and having that conversation, made me more sympathetic towards men. Uh because really to be very honest, whenever I think of like uh childbirth and just pregnancy right. in general, my sympathy right. for men is really low. Because yeah, you guys don't naturally. have to go through it. Yeah. You yeah, guys don't have to go through anything. Like you basically help create the baby and then you just wait for this baby to show up. You know? Yeah. You don't <laughs> so have when I hear any-
0: you don't have to do any heavy lifting for nine months.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so when I hear men complaining after the baby comes, it typically would piss me off. You know, I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear a thing. Um, but that conversation with Arrow actually opened me up to actually understanding in a sense why what men feel the way they feel uh, post-baby. Right. Um, and even just he took a great approach to it too. Like he, he embraced being a father. So it was, it was nice to see that as well. Um, and I say that not to say that many people don't embrace it, but just from the culture that we grew up in and I'm Nigerian. Uh, so just growing up in a like a Nigerian culture in Nigeria for some time, you just kind of see that that relationship between a father and the son is not really there in the same way that it is with the mother and and the child. Right. um, yeah so so it was it was really nice to hear a modern day dad talk about it and talk about how involved he is in raising his kids. It's, it almost sounds bad to say but like it it just felt good to hear it, you know? Yeah.
0: And it, and it's it's kind of true, right? Like if, if you're being honest, it really is kind of true. So for me too, it was, it was really enlightening that episode uh was was really good because I felt like there are a lot of questions like you know as a guy you ask. like you don't know if you're doing it right you don't know what mm-hmm. doing it right looks like you don't know how involved you're, you need to be or or shouldn't be and you probably don't even know how to support your you know your girlfriend wife you know yeah. moms like going through the pregnancy period either right? right like and I feel like when you like as a i feel like that's where a lot of my concern and anxiety comes from you know how are you doing the job how are you doing like you know how are you doing the rest of your life and but knowing that you have to support her like Mm -hmm. all through this period like what does what does that look like emotionally mentally financially everything right yeah and um i thought it was really interesting just to hear what he had to say and you know the whole idea of being like you know in, like you know being Part of their kids' life, part of his yeah. kids' life, like I thought was, you know, something like. Obviously, I want to do that, but what does mm-hmm. that actually look like? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and and to me, that's kind of the question you keep asking. Like we we understand of what it should be in theory, mm-hmm. right? And you know, and a lot of men get a lot of flack for that, rightfully so. Um, mm-hmm. But as you as I get older, I just realize like a lot of you know, you know, a lot of men haven't had a chance to deal with your emotions you know what i mean and like not just you know from a hey you're idiot kind of way it's just because Mm -hmm. for the most part it doesn't like serve us yeah (laughs) you know like you know what i'm trying to say like in in the old way of i guess thinking or whatever Mm -hmm. engaging with your emotions almost like made you vulnerable which was Mm -hmm. weakness Right, you know, as I, as I, I guess I mentioned on, the, on, the, <laughs> on episode, the episode, yeah, on the episode on, on um that I was on on, on the show space, but yeah, um, so for me, it's like those that idea of kind of uh speaking to those intricacies, I feel like is so important. Like yeah, you know, I, that's one of the ones where you know uh you know i'll probably go back or i don't know (laughs) try and i I want (laughs) to talk to him some more about it right yeah i I haven't like figured out where but i just felt like that was a really important episode for sure Mm -hmm. and i hope a lot of people go out and actually just take some of that in especially if if you're anywhere above like i don't know 25 you should probably like take that in and like see where you're at you know?
1: Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And even as you say it right now, I was just thinking, I was like, there's so many like mom bloggers, so many, but I don't think I've ever seen a dad blogging page ever. I don't think I've ever, I'm sure they exist, but I don't think I've ever seen one. Like That's you don't come plan. across them as often as you do as mom blogs. So it kind of tells you that men don't really have a space. I mean, you guys are responsible for creating that space, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think that the space exists for you guys to have these conversations. Right yeah um especially about fatherhood too right so yeah i think that episode definitely taught me a lot and it definitely gave me like more sympathy for for your sex <laughs> <laughs> i roll my eyes as i say yeah it too. <laughs> yeah it's just like
0: reluctantly so but i guess <laughs> yeah. um, i mean but hey i get it man like you know i've I you've seen childbirth you can't <laughs> you you can't you can't Literally. hit on that. Literally. You can't hit on that, man. Um okay, so let's let me just go into something a little bit more levity, right? And okay. I, I don't know, you've probably been um, you know, I know you're in a relationship and probably been yes. that way for a while. You're engaged actually. Yeah. So congratulations on the record. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, but I wanted to talk about, you know, just like so I've been working on a recent episode, right? And one of okay. the women talked about how hard it was for like for them to have a decent conversation on Hinge, right? Okay. <laughs> um, I've heard complaints from guys as well, but you right. Know, um, and and one of the complaints, this was her example. She said she had like legit, like f- forty three DMs or something, right? I, oh I, I haven't been on Hinge, so I've not. I don't okay. know how like most any of it works. Okay. And um, <laughs> she uh she basically was trying to prove a point that if she tries to like she can try and have a conversation with all forty three of these DMs yeah. and like nothing I'm like nothing will go anywhere because there's even a struggle to handle the conversation right. and from the guy's perspective what I've all constantly heard is like you know and, and it makes sense because what she was saying right was mm-hmm. there would be you know she's gone through this 43 times right like right. guys should need to account for the fact that like this is what every guy is saying yeah right and then the guys are saying hey like you know every girl wants something different you know, you never really know what's going to work, <laughs> so right. you kind of start conservative- conservatively mm-hmm. and then build up, right? Okay. But a lot of times, like you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting, carrying the conversation because she's like not necessarily interested, or she's not sure she's interested, or right. she's you know whatever the case may be, right? So it's so for me anyway. I thought like that was interesting, and mm-hmm. I was wanted to put it to you like what would, what's your perspective? You know, I'm, I'm sure you're hearing from your girls as well. And I just Mm -hmm. kind of the conversations you explore, what do you, where do you feel like?
1: So, yeah, I I have a lot of friends who are on dating apps now. And honestly, I I haven't been on one before. Um, and I think it's because I've been in a relationship for quite a while. Right. Um, and I actually am very curious about them. not going to lie because I want to know What it's like, so kind of like what you're explaining to me. So I have friends who use Hinge. I think Hinge is the one I hear about the most. Um, So I have an idea of how it works. Um, But the complaints that I get the most are are actually quite similar to to the girl that you spoke to. Like they're just talking to a a bunch of guys will swipe for you regardless, and then you're just having these shallow conversations. Um, And the next thing they want to do is meet up and have sex. So I think that's the biggest. I think that's the biggest thing I hear back. Everyone's like, everyone's just trying to have sex with everybody, and that's not what they're trying to do at the stage of life that they're in now. Right. So, it just, they, they end up deleting the app, and then redownloading it months later, and then deleting it again <laughs> out of frustration. That is literally <laughs> what I
0: keep hearing. That's what I keep hearing. You know, the funniest thing, too, is uh, one of the more insightful, uh, I guess, perspectives that she shared with me was like they can see it a mile away guys yeah that's what i like you know if, if any guys listening to this and you're on on the apps or whatever they can <laughs> see from a mile away right mm-hmm. that's that's your number one problem right because right. so she's pointing out like okay i literally know what the next like four mm-hmm. things are going to be and it's literally like when, when it gets to that for them then it's just like i'm not even i'm not even interested at this point or maybe mm-hmm. you look nice she's like you look if you look nice enough maybe i'll like go go longer right. but like for me that was one of the more insightful things like because a lot of guys think you're think you're being innovative or they're special or yeah. whatever that approach is but it's, <laughs> it's so
1: to be honest to to add to it i think a lot of women um go into it with the idea of most men are going to swipe anyway, you know? So, and it's like, we, I I just have this idea and I might be wrong, but I just have this idea that I'm not, I'm not special. You know, like the fact that we connected doesn't make me special to you. You're probably doing this for every single girl. So we go into it with that idea that men are not being as selective as women are on the apps where we're picking specifically the guys that we like. Meanwhile, guys guys will just look at it and just be like, she looks good. I could sleep with her. Yes, I can sleep with her.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's, that's absolutely correct. I'm I'm not even going to lie. And like, I've legit seen situations where it's just like swipe, 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 swipe. Like, I'm not even, (laughs) you're not even looking.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So that Um, also makes us reluctant to push conversations because like, is he actually interested or is he just trying to find somebody to like pass time with?
0: Right, right. But yeah. Um, But what about if that's what the girl wants? Then is it now more about how to just kind of communicate and get there? You know so what I'm saying? Like if let's say yeah. she's not looking for anything particularly serious. serious as well, right? Is you know That
1: makes it the, so much easier then. You just you just look for the attractive ones. <laughs> and <laughs> and because men are already like most most men on the app are already down for that. That's yeah. mostly why they downloaded the app. It's almost easier for us at that point. You just find somebody who you find attractive enough, who sounds decent enough, depending on the girl too, because different things do it for different people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's almost, I think in that case, it would just be more like a checklist where it's like, does he have this? Is he this? Is he this? Good. Let's move on. Um, Versus trying to actually build something with somebody. I I don't know that communication will need to be super deep to
0: Mm -hmm. actually
1: get to a point where you're like, okay, well, this is what I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 totally fair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alright, so I think we'll leave that now. Um <laughs> okay. I I thought it was just an interesting thing to touch on and I'm working okay. on it, so I just like, yeah, well, what does Jackie think? So another thing that like I feel like I, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, negotiate or engage okay. with internally. Um, it's just this idea of being like of culture, right? Like being in okay. diaspora, being some sort of a third culture kid. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, just based on some of the background that you shared with us on the podcast, um, that's the case for you as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the challenge of managing culture and traditions, this also tries and ties into your intergenerational trauma, Um, conversation but um you know what what are your how do you balance that right like you recently had like a traditional wedding remotely, right for you know for yeah with you and your partner and you know I'm curious what that experience was like but just more so how do you manage what part of your culture and traditions you're keeping Mm -hmm. versus not you know not
1: yeah yeah that's a very good question um and to be honest it's something I struggled with for a very long time Um, and again, it was just because of the way we grew up, right? Um, we were never really tied to one place and because of that, we experienced multiple cultures, um, all the time. So it it created this like confusion in a sense of what it was that we wanted to be or, the norms or practices that we wanted to follow and what was expected of us as well. So it was kind of like when we would live in a specific company, a uh, company, a specific country, um, we would tend to act the way that it's expected of us when we are there. And then when we move to the next one, we're just like, OK, reset, readjust, let's do it this way. So when you're younger, it's, it's a bit easier because, you know, you kind of know what's expected of you and you're expected to just do it. Um, and I've always been a little bit of a rebel, so it wasn't as easy for me as it (laughs) it was for my siblings. Um, but I didn't question too much growing up. Um, as an adult though, when it got to a point where I had to make my own decisions, it definitely was when I saw it the most. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I I don't know how to, to sort this. Um, and then that was when I actually heard about the term, uh, third culture kid and, discovering about it was kind of an eye opener for me. And I felt like I found a place that I finally like somewhat like belonged um, because it was like, okay, these are people who have lived in a bunch of places or have been exposed to multiple cultures. So they're not really able to attach themselves to just one and that that's okay. So I think understanding that that was okay allowed me to say, okay, cool. I'm just going to create a culture for myself and pick and choose the things from the different cultures that I've been exposed to that I resonate with the most and just use that to kind of create a frame of how I want to live my own life. And that's kind of how I've gone. So I've taken a bit of tradition, um, gotten rid of a lot of tradition as well, um, a whole process of learning and unlearning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just I think, I think I've just kind of created my own, in a sense, if that makes sense.
0: That totally makes sense. And, and, yeah. and the reason why I ask is because I feel the same way. So, you mm-hmm. know, obviously doing the podcast, like, some of that just comes out, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, and so from you said unlearning and learning. And I remember I talked to you last year about, like, exploring that mm-hmm. <laughs> in some capacity. <laughs> um, and then I just realized that, like, it kind of exists with almost everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, literally. So, yeah, so, you know, so it's so funny. Um, But, like, yeah, like, I felt like, you know, the same way. I, I lived in a bunch of different places growing up as a kid as well. And you soak up all these different cultures. And just for me, I noticed the conflict, mm-hmm. you know, and I, like what you said, like I, I noticed why where where this works in this place, but I go to a different place and it doesn't work as well yeah. or the same at all. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and it's that idea of constantly trying to kind of navigate what works and where you what you feel, you know? So now we are here in like, you know, I guess in Canada, And what felt very different for me, I think a lot more people, especially Nigerians, you know, that maybe grew up in Nigeria and came here for school or came here after the fact uh, or whatever period in your life really have to engage with as well. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Because now you're negotiating the same thing, like whatever your experiences were outside that place you called home, whether it's Nigeria, whether it's, you know, Canada or anywhere in the world. Right, you, you, you're, you're forced to negotiate with it, and even if you just came here for school and you never left Nigeria and you're here now, you're forced to negotiate with it as well as you're becoming an adult. So,
2: yep.
0: um, I feel like that's one of the biggest things. Like, one, I that's one of the biggest things that I feel we all carry
2: mm-hmm.
0: as Nigerians here in the US, like, let's just say here in Canada. Right. But I think in Diaspora as a whole. And yeah. it's that balancing and sorting through of like what should we keep? Why is this even like our culture? Yes. <laughs> like, where did we pick this up from? You know, and it's just like, oh well, this is kind of like a British culture that they've abandoned that mm-hmm. we've now carried on our backs. And it's just yeah. like, uh, you know, should we really be enforcing this this way? Right. So um, yeah. So I, I like that you kind of just sorted through that so perfectly. Um, right. I don't know if you know <laughs> I feel like I'm still I feel like I'm still working through it I'm not going to yeah. lie to you as, I, as I mean, I'm sharing with you right now
1: yeah something that really helped though like that helped me kind of work through it was just questioning everything you know like everything that I do um, trying to understand why I'm doing it so not only why that culture exists and what that um, tradition rather why that tradition exists and why I'm doing it also, does it serve me outside of the reason that it exists, right? Like, is, right. This, is, this, is this what I want? Does this make me feel happy? How does this make me feel? And if it's something that doesn't make me feel good, I try and understand why doesn't this make me feel good? So it's just asking questions to myself and trying to answer them um, has helped me decide what parts of tradition I would like to keep versus the ones that I do not want um, to keep. Um, but it is a struggle still like it sounds like I'm, I'm saying it like I figured it out I don't think I have but I definitely have a good balance of it now because I think this was a struggle from a for a very long time so because I started to struggle with it quite early um, yeah. I've had years of time to like figure it out
0: yeah I mean and it sounds like you've figured out like the priorities
1: mm-hmm. and I think
0: that's probably the most important thing just yeah. knowing exactly where you want to you know, where you want to be within all of that. I think for me, the mm-hmm. biggest anxiety too was just like, oh, then I'm doing this wrong. Or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, I guess I'm going to disappoint my family and my parents and right. friends, whatever the case may be. So you know, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a thirty-plus thing. Like I just get less <laughs> less of a fuck now. <laughs> like, yes, I definitely you know, do a lot less of a fuck. Uh, you for know, sure. so at, at this point, it's like you know, they love me, they understand me, they know I have small sense. Like yeah, you know, I might, I probably, <laughs> I probably am doing it for a good reason, right? Just yeah. it work with me. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like I I feel like just this idea of culture, like these are the these one another thing too is just like. I've touched on these topics because of, like, I feel like these are some of the places where I, the pockets where I enjoy the most in your podcast and I feel like right. you also touch on. Um, yes. But I'm curious, like, you know, what do you want, like, uh, your audience to leave with? You know, mm, like, okay. what, what do you, what, like, you know, when when you're constructing the podcast and, like, yeah. putting it together, what, what do you want them to leave with?
1: Um, the main thing that I would like people to leave with is actually questions, right? Um, And when I say questions, I mean questioning their own beliefs and their own thought process. Um, I think my goal is to challenge you in a sense of of the things that you currently think and see whether or not the conversations are able to help you shift in any way or form, right? Um, So I always hope that somebody leaves with something new and educative, but more so are more open to exploring their own beliefs, right? Um, because I feel like a lot of the time we're very set in our ways and feel like we've kind of figured out things. Um, and because I'm not, I think, I think I've accepted that I don't know a lot, right? Um, and because I've been able to accept that, I've been more open to hearing other people's opinions and other people's thoughts. But I also know a lot of people in my life who aren't like that and who are very... Um, stuck in their ways Mm. so my favorite thing is when i put up an episode and then somebody reaches out to me to tell me how this has kind of gotten them thinking about what it is they believe and what it is that they think so i don't like to shove things down people's throats Mm. um if anything it's probably my least favorite thing uh to do so it feels nice when just having conversations with people like honest conversations about our own experiences what we think and trying to dig to the bottom of why we think that actually gives people a reason to think about their own and question
0: their own beliefs mm. very very well said um yeah. i can i couldn't agree more like yeah. i feel like it it has to force you to think you know it has to force you to challenge like whatever that perspective that you're holding dear is and speaking to the whole culture conversation i think you know and maybe that's what i recognize and like but mm-hmm. I think it's it's knowing that we kind of have to keep breaking and building this rebuilding these these walls, exactly. right? So so when you're saying that, it's like it's forcing you to engage because I've had to engage with it. I'm not sure I know the answer, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. But are you yes. sure? that that is the answer that you've been deeming it was exactly yeah yeah so exactly. um so I absolutely love that and I do feel like I get that from your from your from your episode so yeah. um you know it's it's amazing. Thank you I want to you know, kind of like And we're coming to the end right now and i was going to get your thoughts on like podcast and media in general and to be perfectly honest i'm not even sure how i want to navigate this but you know uh i guess i actually i do (laughs) um (laughs) one of the first one of the first things right is like how do you choose what's okay to talk about and not okay to talk about huh
1: okay so really i don't think i really choose what's okay and what's not okay. okay um i think i i Think of what's not okay and then try again the thing that I do where I try and question why it's not okay, you know? Right. I want to know why it's not a good thing to talk about. Um, I avoid things that I feel like I'm not informed in at all, right? Um, like, for example, I'm not a person who's into politics, so I would not have... I won't have conversations on politics on my uh, podcast unless I'm getting a well-informed guest who is now, in a sense, educating. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: No, Absolutely.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of how I I I I pick things, I guess. I just I have a few topics that I know that I am not I'm either not ready to touch now or I don't have an interest in touching. Outside of those, everything is fair game to me. Like I'm I'm open to discussing anything. And the way the topics even come to me are literally it's the most random thing. Like I could be walking on the street and then I see a signboard and. It sparks something, and I have a topic, and I just go into my notes app, and I write it down. So there's no real process for me, and because of that, I think it allows me to explore a lot of topics. Um, But I don't think that there's anything specifically that I feel like is not okay to discuss. Because we're all living it, right? At the end of the day, we're all living it. So why would it not be okay?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like, I always feel so guilty when, like, something just pops into my mind and, like, it's easy and it's completely instinctive. Yeah. I enjoy it. And those ones really come out. They come out really well. But you know, in my head, it's like I have to have thought through it and like gone through it like twice or three times to feel like (laughs) I'm I'm doing my job or something. But when you say Um, go
1: through it, what do you mean?
0: It means I have to like uh, get my thoughts out, right? So like you said, jump in the notes app, put it out, Mm -hmm. and just kind of like it, then attack it from a different perspective, like a few hours or a day later, and then attack, and then depending on how I feel, attack it again from a different perspective, just to make sure that I'm. giving it the justice it deserves you know and, mm-hmm. and whether or not like i should be the person having that conversation so yeah. for me personally um uh what when i say what's deemed okay not to talk about like i mean you know, i agree with you like everything's fair game but i just feel like there are some cases there's a saying where it's like the devil doesn't necessarily need more advocates you know <laughs> oh I <mean? laughs> that i completely agree with yeah. oh definitely so, so definitely agree yeah so for me it's like okay well you know
1: well, what would be an example of a thing that you would say is not okay to talk yeah, about?
0: Yeah. So for me, I mean, for me, like, yeah, you know, I think anything like, I think cancel culture is a little bit tricky. Okay. Um, like questioning. Sometimes, like, I question why a person is canceled, what the yes. basis and the metrics of all of that shit is, and why exactly everybody's angry. And, you mm-hmm. know, like, some, you know, I, I try to understand the emotions that are associated with that, which obviously makes sense. But, right. like... You know, I also ask myself, okay, well, what about when this happened here? How come there wasn't the same reaction? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you're you're kind of like assessing things on a yeah. case, not just a case-by-case basis, but like a step-by-step basis. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I look at that and I'm like, yeah. So now obviously this person is bad. They've done something bad. So it's not like you're trying to defend them. But the question is like, why exactly? is this the case, right? Is there is mm-hmm. an introspection that I feel like sometimes needs to happen? But then yeah. I ask myself, like, you know, does the devil need more advocates? <laughs> mm-hmm. so, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. I know what you mean. And I think it's interesting that you brought that specific example up because it's a, it's a conversation that I have on my list to have. Because I feel like you can talk about it without necessarily advocating for the devil, right? Absolutely. Because I, I completely agree that the devil needs does not need any more advocates. And the second somebody throws that into a conversation, I'm, I'm l- like less interested in what, what it is that they have to say to follow right. up. Because right. I feel like that's a part of them trying to tell us what mm, they might they actually like. kinda exactly. Right, right.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent. Right. But,
1: but I feel like a topic like that is kind of important to talk about because you can you can you can tackle both perspectives without necessarily playing the devil.
0: I hundred percent agree with that. It's just yeah. tricky because you know, if you're now trying to lend the perspective to both sides. Yeah, that's still you might get cancelled. Yeah, well, <laughs> you might get cancelled and you might be like, uh, like, you know, you, you, for me, it's just, it's one of those things, right? Like, one, one of the other things is like, so, even like men and emotions, right? Like, yeah. um, there's a lot of like, so, you know, with everything going on and like things like, you know, there's a lot of things like men say, or these men have said to me yeah. privately that they wouldn't necessarily say in public because, you know, it's, it will come off maybe misogynistic or yes. whatever the case may be. And, and you know, and to be perfectly honest, I don't think it would, but it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, I feel like part of the challenge is like, you know, when it comes to the of like a quote unquote man's perspective, mm-hmm. um, women are not really trying to hear that right now right and it's for good reason you know what i mean but it i feel like it also doesn't always necessarily help the conversation so it's kind of like how do you find that good medium where um you when you understand this perspective and you understand like you know like yeah you know people might be dealing with trauma emotional trauma all these things that like they've not been forced like you know what what, i don't know what i talked to you on on the podcast i was basically saying that like women seem to have these spaces where they can work through their emotions and their frustrations and Mm -hmm. their friends are not only there but willing and active in encouraging those conversations to happen in a way that doesn't really exist for men right Mm -hmm. so it's extremely difficult for a dude to just admit that vulnerability side because it's also a little easier to give that share, share that with uh, you know a woman you're in a relationship or you know mm-hmm. in, you know in whatever situation you're in than where your boys who can flip it on you tomorrow like it's a you know and and joke around and like it's also fair if that's mm-hmm. the case depending on how much you've healed but yeah. you know you, that's that's a sensitivity that like guys are not really ready to just kind of put out there so right. you're looking at a situation where you know I still this to say that like you know, a lot of the guys don't feel comfortable talking about their issues, one. Two, they don't feel, they don't talk in general about these things with other guys. So Mm -hmm. there isn't a shared understanding of like, oh, this is what's going on. And like in in the same way that I feel like women are able to explore that. And like, Mm -hmm. for me, some of those conversations need to happen on the record so that like more people acknowledge it. But Mm -hmm. then it might not like...
1: (laughs) Might not translate it, the way you it might, want it to. Yeah,
0: or like, you know, women are just like, you know, like, I just imagine women listening to that and just hissing. <laughs> and just like, yeah, okay, great. Tell me when you, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Yes, but, but so, I think
1: I think the important thing is just to navigate the conversation properly. Because on I one agree. hand, you, you talk about how it, it's difficult for men, which I agree, but it's going to continue to be difficult if you guys don't have the conversation. So as much as having it my Put a sour taste in some people's mouth <laughs> but at the same time it will also inform it will educate and inform and you can also be educated and informed right mm-hmm. um and, and i think that's why it's kind of important especially with cancel culture like right. on one hand i agree with it on another hand i'm like mm, this is a bit tricky um, yeah. but i think it's important to, to discuss why i think on both like perspectives like what it is that i feel on both and why i think this in this way and why i don't think this in this way and like i said in the beginning i'm so open to anybody as long as it's being done respectfully checking me and being like yeah no i don't agree with that i'm always very happy to hear it because that's the purpose of having these conversations we're not coming on here to tell people hey this is what we think and we don't care what you think about it or this is what we think you should do we're telling people what we think and Hoping to learn from it, right? right and I think right. if you go into it with the mindset of learning, it feels less like uh, what's gonna happen if I say the wrong thing. And I right. had that for a very long time with the podcast. And I think up until maybe this year, um, a lot of my conversations were quite surface level, like maybe not surface level, but they didn't go as deep as I go now. Like right. I used to be really afraid to ask certain questions because I didn't wanna push my guests too much, right? right. Um, But I also just told them, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to push a bit. And just if you're not comfortable, let me know. You don't have to answer anything. And Mm -hmm. anything you do answer, if you decide later that you just would not like to share, I'm happy to take it out. But it's also still educated me, you know? Right,
0: right. No, 100%. I mean, I definitely, like, for me, the problem is not with me. Like, I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's honestly always a learning for me. Like, I mean, for me, part of doing the podcast is that it's kind of like, Exploring that and also challenging my perspective, and you know, on a on a regular basis, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. And like just adding more context to what I am seeing and some of the signs that I'm picking up. And I think that's definitely what I pick up from what you're doing as well. Right. But you know, with these topics, you know, it's it's a lot of people will start thinking about themselves, they think about their brands, all of that, all of that kind of stuff. Right. right. So, um, you know, for me anyway, it's just something like you said, like it just has to be approached well. So for me, it's very possible right mm-hmm. i just think it needs to be approached with the right uh what's the word amount of finesse <laughs> i would right. say and you know funny thing is like i am working on something now um that like kind of ex- is probably my first exploration into that i don't know maybe a little okay. bit and um that was one of the things i wanted to. i, w- I was kind of like considering but you right. know to your point i feel like as long as there's a level of intellectual honesty yeah. Happening there, I'm I'm totally fine, you know, like, and that's kind of where it is. So mm-hmm. my co- my concern is really uh, just kind of the po- reaction of the public and, and mm-hmm. you know, the good thing about the podcast medium too, I think is that it allows for those nuances and that context to be heard and received, but exactly. I know people can still find a way to take things the wrong way. So, you know, there's always that, but. Um, it's that important is-
1: to understand though, that people will always find it. Like, I'm sure that even just the episodes that we've already done, I'm sure there are people who can find a way to make us this... E- evil person in the situation in the story right this is true yeah
0: this is absolutely true um but yeah yeah so i i just thought that was interesting um any any podcast that you're listening to or like that you know maybe not necessarily inspired you and your approach Mm -hmm. or but that you enjoy so it could either be something that like it's a style that you like and you kind of Mm -hmm. want to explore or you just listen for fun
1: Yeah, I'm a big podcast person. Like, I think I have at least 15 podcasts um, in my library that I listen to very regularly, like, on a weekly basis. Um, Majority of them, though, maybe, like, eight to ten of them are crime podcasts. Um, And that was kind of my intro. Yeah, that was kind of my intro into podcasts because I'm obsessed with crime. I've been obsessed with crime shows um, and investigation as well since I was a kid. And it was nice to be able to take it away from the TV to my phone and just carry it around with me. So Mm. I think that was my first, like... That was like my intro to podcasts. And then from there, I found out about the Receipts podcast. I don't know if you've ever heard of them.
2: Yeah, I have.
1: Yeah, so the Receipts podcast and uh, 90s Baby Show. I think those are two podcasts that I listen to, mostly for banter, though. So mm. it's one of those that you can listen to while you're just like relaxing and doing whatever, right? And I will say that the Receipts definitely did inspire me, in a sense, to start uh, my podcast. Mostly because there were, there were black women... Um, same age group um, and they're just they just take up space and speak about things that matter Um, but they speak about it so lightheartedly where it doesn't feel heavy or it doesn't feel like work you know what i mean like you don't feel like you have to do a lot with it you can just come listen to them they have episodes where they're joking and then they have episodes where they're kind of more serious and talking about important Mm. things Um, but it's always nice to see black people in the space that you're trying to go into because I know that the podcast uh, market is saturated. Um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but it it was, it was definitely inspiring for me because, you know, we come up with a lot of excuses as to why we don't want to do something. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, maybe I should have done this when I was younger. Um, maybe, uh, maybe there's just too many people doing it already, but their podcast and seeing their growth and seeing where they are today. I mean, they just wrote a book. Just seeing where they are today uh, has kind of shown me what's possible and allowed me to take the leap and actually go into it. Mm. Um, another podcast that I listen to very regularly is called The Layover um, Podcast. Um, and it's mostly solos. Um, and by solos, I mean solo episodes. And it's run by um, Neka Julia. You might have heard of her. She, I think she has like two or three podcasts, to be honest. Um, mm. And what she does on it and what she does with it, which I find very interesting, is that she has... She gives everybody an opportunity to share their own story. So she has a newsletter that she sends out weekly, a monthly, and she'll tell you what the topic is for the month. And if you have a story, you're able to record a short solo and send it to her. And then she would share some of them like throughout the month. So it's always a different person's voice. It's always a different solo. Um, But because I have solo episodes as well, it's really nice to hear others and see the style and how they're able to engage people from the beginning to the end, you know? Mm. So I, I, it kind of helped me with structuring my solos in the sense that I was like, okay, these are the ones that I enjoy listening to, and these are the ones that I didn't enjoy so much. What's the difference in both of them? And decide what it is that I'm not going to do in my own solo episodes. Mm. So, yeah, I think, I think those are, to be really honest, those are the main podcasts that I listen to. There are a few here and there that I'll tune into um, every now and then. Um, I also have your podcast on there, two takes and a pod.
0: <laughs> you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to. No, but I do. It. No, no,
1: no. <laughs> no, I definitely do. I listened to you guys when it was the both of you. I listen to it now when it's just you. And I also want to say like congratulations and great job because you're actually doing a good job. Um, I know how tough it is doing a podcast by yourself. And before I even started, I actually thought that I wanted to do it with a co-host. I thought I wanted to have somebody on there so that for the weeks where I didn't want it to I didn't want to go and like have to find people right. I could just bounce off of another person, which makes it easier for sure. Um but I ended up not going that route and I'm really glad that I went that route because um I cannot imagine having to do it any other way now without mm-hmm. going into the details. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, fair enough, man. Fair enough. I mean for me too like I think it was a uh, it was a good run and like, you know, I think one of my um, imposter syndromes going in was just like I said, you know, I, I don't I, I question the fact that I didn't have like, you know, I was not act on social media and all of those kind of things. Um, I also question how much I knew and why I should be the person like, you know, why, why am I? It is this mentality like, you know, that you go into it with where you feel like if you're doing this broadcasting thing you're Mm -hmm. supposed to like have the answers and it's like no like if you listen to all these other radio shows you're just really having a conversation you're not the people who necessarily have the answers they maybe try to get the people to have the answers so I had to like remove my mind from like that kind of thinking but going in that's kind of what I one of the things that challenged me so I also felt like I needed to bounce off of someone I needed to like Mm -hmm. have that exchange so I was always trying to like Recruit some people to see how the vibe was and if you yeah. could do something on like a regular basis, and that worked out and worked out well because like you know I think we were very much interested in the same topics and mm-hmm. trying to attack it from slightly different ways, which obviously makes things a little bit more um interesting, right? Um, but yeah, like I think moving on to this now, I just recognize that yeah, like I don't know if I can even actually go back to like um recording yeah. with somebody else. Like I I kind of like just having cool like. There was I controlled doing it before, like I was selecting yeah. the topics and all those kind of things. But um just now, like I like just the full. Like I told you, I was. I think I was telling you, I was like, I, I enjoy being a dictator. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I like just kind of setting it up and like kind of yeah. you know, and and I, and I'm paying attention to those details, right? So in my mind, yeah. it, like it's still really two takes on the part. Like it's just I'm mm-hmm. bringing someone else in and like yeah. getting their take on things and like yeah. you know trying to make sure these are the things that they want to talk about, not just the things I want to talk mm-hmm. about. You know, more importantly, if these are not just things that they want to talk about. These are things they specialize in. These are things that they love and they enjoy and they learn to yeah. tinker around. So for me anyway, like, it, it's it's so interesting that they kind of like evolved. There. How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You were asking me what podcast I listened to and I was like, yeah. she a pod. Tell me okay. about it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. No, no. But, but thanks, man. I appreciate listening. Like, I appreciate that. Like, that's always great. Like if another podcaster is like enjoying your work and I definitely enjoy your work as well. It's right. easily why you're here. And like, you know, I'm a big fan of the series now. I, I know I was part of one of them, but you know, Thank you. Yeah. But, but like, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I'm, I'm looking forward to like, just hearing more of that and like, yeah, just seeing what you explore and, and exploring some of those things with you as well. So, I feel like I know, I have an idea where the Jackie pocket is. So <laughs> so whenever I'm like, okay, I'm trying to like hit this thing, I, I, I'll definitely reach out and we, maybe we'll just talk and, and you know, right. work on some stuff. But like, you know, I really enjoy, uh, you know, just kind of uh, the work that you're doing. Um, I think you. it's interesting, like you said, it was saturated, but um, I feel like there is still space to kind of approach things in a unique, interesting way. And, right, um, you know, I, I encourage everybody who, you know, who's out there, you know, there's some other people that, you know, I'm not going to get into all of that now, but yeah. there's a whole bunch of other podcasts doing out really really good work and like just mm-hmm. trying to get things out there. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Would you
1: ever explore doing solos? This is me putting you on the spot by the
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we already talked about this. Um but um um yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, wow. I am I am going to stay away from it as long as I possibly can. I'm um, mm-hmm. um but uh, but uh but yeah definitely definitely you
1: can do. be that vessel that you talk about you know you can be that vessel that g- gives men a place to tell their <laughs> stories <laughs> go for it because i'm not gonna lie to you right. the souls are the hardest ones but right. people like those ones the most right because yeah. you're 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 being vulnerable you're showing parts yeah. of you that nobody else has seen and telling stories that other people can relate to as well right right Right. Yeah. And then because you're discussing the reality, nobody's really gonna come fight you for it. It's something that you live through. And so
0: Right, right. And yeah, honestly you're right. Like so I think for me, I, like the solos are going to happen when yeah. um I can't wait. When the <laughs> <laughs> when the uh, when the moment is right. But um yeah, there's a few things I've kind of like I've you know, since we talked actually, like I've made mm-hmm. some notes. So, okay. like, I've, like, there's things in my head, like, bounce, bouncing around. So That's good. whenever whenever I get there, like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll attack it. But, like, right. for, for for me, too, I feel like there are the things I want to explore. Like, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I could talk about, like, my stuff. And I yeah. will. But it's also perspective. I think it's, like, questions, you know, like, yeah. questions that I have, like, that are just tinkering. And it's, like, I don't have the answer to this, but, like. Mm-hmm. Are you also asking this question? <laughs> like, yeah. Am I crazy for asking for this question? Thinking, like, yeah. you know what I mean. So, um, you know, it, it, there there's a few few things anyway. But yeah, thanks for encouraging me to do it. And you know, mm-hmm. if I if I need any um, tips, I'll definitely be hollering at you. Oh, at for you know, sure, because apparently you've caused it. Now I'm on the record. <laughs> 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 um, so. I typically do this two takes thing, right? Okay. It's just kind of like, uh, or the final take, essentially. Mm-hmm. and It's really just, you know, we've had a conversation about a whole bunch of things, your experience with uh, with your podcast, podcasting in general, you know, just being third culture kid, communication, you know, healing and trauma, some of the topics you've worked on. Um, right. But um, so for the final take, I typically like to have an idea of, you know, what your, big takeaway if anybody's listening um kind of picking up on all the things that you're saying whether it pertains to your podcast or your perspective or philosophy Mm -hmm. um what would you want people to leave with um after listening to this episode
1: Hmm, okay. I feel like imposter syndrome came up multiple times in this episode, even when we were talking about different angles of of things. So it wasn't even just as its own little thing. Right. Um, So I'll touch a little bit on that. I think what I would love people to take away is that we both have podcasts and we both struggled with imposter syndrome for quite a bit um, Mm -hmm. before we started what it is that we're doing today. Um, So I think what would be a good takeaway would be just to like take the leap, you know, like you're always going to be afraid, um, so you just have to do it afraid. <laughs> yep. um, and, yeah, I, I would say that's the main thing because, like you said, we discussed multiple things here. Um, and we also I, – I dug a little bit deeper into your um, opinion on conversations not to have and <laughs> conversations to have. And, right. again, it's, it's that same advice. Just take the leap. Try it, right? Try it out. It might work. It might not work. And whatever comes from it is fine as long as you're learning. Um, So, yeah, I think that would be my take.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Jackie, thank you again for taking your time and, um, you know, spending it with me this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everybody go out, check out the Chill Space podcast. And, uh, yeah.
1: Thank you. Before I go, though, I want to know what your take is from this podcast episode.
0: You'll have to listen for that. (laughs) (laughs) So down. Yeah so we covered a large range of topics on this one and I hope it was as fun for you as it was for us. Okay so my take. I feel like Jackie looks to create safe spaces for a type of conversation that is very much needed in the Black and African community. All communities to be honest but especially those of us navigating what culture and tradition looks like away from our birthplace and the sensibilities that we know. I feel like it's important for us to constantly acknowledge and challenge what that means for all of us, because that essentially will be the new paradigm for culture and tradition for, I guess, future generations, especially if we start building those generations away from home. All in all, we need a safe space that lets us engage with that in a healthy way. And yeah, that's my take, but I'm curious, what's yours? What did you take away from this? What do you want to hear more? You can share your feedback by writing to two takes on a pod at gmail.com. If that doesn't work for you, you can just follow me on social media at two takes and a pod on Twitter and Instagram. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Also, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can find this wherever you find your podcast. And while you're there, show some love and give this five stars. This has been Two Takes on a Pod. Thank you for listening. Peace.
2: I'm no, what you got smart too with a stress me for right now I'm chillin' no. oh, oh, oh.
0: Way are my feelings and nothing to stress me